do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. This is the word of the Lord. It's a blessing to be here. Whenever you can stand or sit before, you know, other believers and, and share God's love, it's also it's, it's such a privilege, and I thank God for that. Um, before we get into the text, let's uh, recap last week. Uh, Pastor Meeks did a phenomenal job of covering uh, 1 John 2, 7 through 14, um, and he also got up and preached a little bit about having a great wife. Um, that is the truth. Uh, it, he knows that it's been a long time coming. I was supposed to preach a, a while back, uh, but because I was being a—I'm going to be real. I was being a punk. I was being a punk, and, uh, and didn't want to do what I was supposed to be doing. Um, God, I had to let God deal with me and uh, mature me so that I can be uh, what he wants me to be. Amen? And um, my beautiful wife over there, uh, she got me dressed this morning. You see how I'm looking, I'm like, you know. I, I, think, I think that, um, you know, she did, did it because she's my wife, but also she doesn't want to be embarrassed. Because she tells me that, you know, I don't mind wearing the same outfit to church or to, 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 to different places to work. And uh, that's just me. Hey, I, I, I don't care. As long as I, I smell good, that's fine. Um, so last week, Pastor Meeks covered the verses, 1 John 2 through 7 through 14. He shared that John was not writing a new command uh, to the believers. It wasn't something that they uh, didn't know. Uh, believers don't love their brothers and sisters once, but they should love them continually. If you are a believer, it's not that you loved your brother or sister once, but it's that you continue to love them. Pastor Meeks uh, shared, with that, shared with us that hating your brother or your sister puts you in darkness. Hating your brother or sister puts you in darkness. You can't say that you love God and then hate his creation, which is your brother and sister. He informed us about the Gnostics who were looking for the secret knowledge. You know, those people that, no, I believe it's something more. You know, yeah, Jesus died, he raised, but there's just there's something that if I could just find it, I'll be all right. So he shared with us about the Nazi who were looking for the secret knowledge, and there, there's no secret knowledge. There's no secret knowledge. John is conveying what love for God looks like. What love for God looks like. Knowledge and behavior, he shared with us that knowledge and behavior are inseparable. And I love the analogy. I, I gave him a shout-out video. He, uh, first time ever, he said, uh, on my, on my, I was playing with my MacBook. And so I said, let me send Pastor Meeks a video. I listened to the podcast because I wasn't able to be here last week. And I love the analogy about the dog. Saying that you love the dog, but you're kicking the dog, kicking the dog. You know, how can you say that you love your dog? You don't feed your dog. You don't talk to your dog. You don't pet your dog. You abuse your dog. So it's evident not only to your dog, but to people who may come into contact with you, you don't love your dog. Right? You cannot love your dog and abuse it. You know, if I come up to your dog and I got to pet it and it's flinching, it's been some foul play. So I love that analogy. So our actions have to line up with, with our, our talk. In other words, we can't just talk to talk, we have to walk to walk. Another reason why I was delayed in being in front of you. I couldn't talk about it. I had to be about it. So let's get, let's get into it. Not loving the world. Not loving the world. That's our, our text for today. Not loving the world. I, I love this because I remember 
and maybe you can identify with me, becoming a Christian, you accept Christ, and then whoever led you to Christ begins to explain what it means to be a Christian. And if it, if it was, if you had the same experience I did, it didn't go that well. Because they started naming off everything that you could not do. You can't go here. You can't go there. You can't drink this. You can't touch that. You can't talk to that person. You can't go. And I had all these rules of things that I could not do. And so I'm like, well, what's the point of being a Christian? If I can't live, why am I accepting Christ? I thought it was for freedom that he set us free. But I feel enslaved. I feel like I'm missing out on a whole bunch. So John writes this command uh, about not loving the world. Let's read the text. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. We see that in verse 15, John starts off and he tells the believers, do not love the world. He gives them a command. So as, when I was instructed on how to walk out this Christian life, there was a list of commands. Don't do this, don't do that, do that and you'll be all right. Oh, I have to get a bubble or something because I, I, I can't live. Do not love the world is the main point in these three verses. As we, as we just read about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the main command is to not love the world. But, but why? Why should we not love the world? Because, and we could go home after this, because love for the world pushes out love for the Father. We really could just, that, that's it. Like, you know, if you love the world, you can't love God. It's, th it's that simple. There's no way to, I I've tried it. You can't juggle the two. I'm going to love the world this much, and I'm going to love God this much. But then I began to see that there's this imbalance. If I'm too much in the world, I forget to pray. I forget to read. If I'm reading too much, I, I don't associate with people I have no business associating with. So you can't juggle the two. There's no perfect balance. So he says, do not love the world. Um, if you love what is not of God, you can't love God. Example, um, when we're talking about do not love the world and why we should not love the world because love for the world pushes out love for the Father. I'll give you guys an example. When I was 17 years old, I was at youth Bible study at St. Paul Baptist Church, and Reverend Anderson was my instructor. And he explained, he, I walked into, uh, into the classroom, I had um, a little styrofoam cup full of water, and I sat down, he began to teach, and he asked me a question. He said, are you ready for a girlfriend? <laughs> brother, brother, I'm 17. I got my own car. I live with my mama. But I got my own car. I live with my mama. I have a job. Yeah, I'm ready for a girlfriend. The answer is yes. And so he looked at my, my cup of water. He said, can you put any more water in that cup? And I was like, come on now. You see, the, you, see the, you see the cup is full. No, I can't add no more water to my cup. But what did it have to do with me being ready for my girlfriend? I, I, I'm ready for a girlfriend though. Can you add any more water to that cup. And so 
I began to say, well, what is it? Why does he keep asking me that question? We're talking about, am I ready for a girlfriend? And he's asking me, can I put more water in the cup? And then I, then I, I began to understand what he was saying. Your cup is full. You can't have a girlfriend at this time because you don't have time for one. You already have enough in your life. So it's the same thing with God. When we begin to fill up our God cup, there becomes no room for the world. And vice versa. If we fill up our cup with the world, there's no room for God. So Brother, and, uh, Brother Anderson taught me a lifelong lesson. Because in my marriage, being transparent, I can't, I can't allow my cup to be overfilled with things like uh, coaching soccer, basketball, uh, football, all these different things have their place. But I have to be careful to not allow that to pour in every other area of my life. Because what happens is, and it, it, it can be anything. So he says, do not love the world, because when you love something so much, it, began, it begins to show. If I look like me, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. They're not doing too good right now. But somehow, I would bring that up in a conversation. Because I love it. I, lo I love the team. So, but, if, but if I love it too much, it becomes a problem. I come home. My wife, how was work? Man, it was cool, but my, you see my Eagles? Did you see that interview with Michael Vick? Did you see this? Did you see that? Man, we need to get an offensive line. And she's looking at me like, do not love the world. So we have to make sure that our cup is filled with the right things. I'm pretty sure that John remembered what Jesus had taught. He said, remember Jesus said that no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Remember, we talked about there's no way to balance it. You, you can't balance it. Jesus taught it. John learned it. So in verse 16, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. Verse 16 takes us back to the Old Testament. I, I, love, I love what happens when you, when you study. People say, How the, the, the Bible, I don't read the Bible, it contradicts itself. You're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible is, is awesome. And we go back into, into Genesis, Genesis 3.6, and I'm paraphrasing. It says that Eve seen that the fruit, we're talking about that, we're going back to the original sin, you know, and, and John is telling the believers, do not love the world. Then he takes them back. For the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from this world. We look at Genesis 3.6, and we see that Eve seen that the fruit was pleasing to the eye, lust of the eyes, Good for food, lust of the flesh, and desirable for gaining knowledge, the pride of life. So we have here in the text, John trying to paint a picture. You see what happened? That was in the world. The serpent deceived them in the world. So the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father. Some people think that worldliness is limited to the external behavior. 
the people we associate with, the places we go, the activities we enjoy, worldliness is also internal. Because it begins in the heart, and it's characterized by the three attitudes which we just read. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. So John says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If you love the world, you don't love the Father. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. Know that sin will always fall in one of those categories. Somehow, some way. Oh, I like, the, I, I, I like, I like him. Or oh, I lust of the eyes. Or, man, I did that on my job. I, 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 I got this. I, I got, I'm making this much money. I got a big old house. Pride of life. Even eating too much. Lust of the flesh. So we see that John is painting this perfect picture. Verse 17. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. You see, in our fallen sinful state, we love things that are passing away. My wife told me to be transparent. She said, tell them about your little addiction to gadgets and, to, and, and how you love these things and how they're passing away. And so if you love them too much, you will perish too. We constantly try to f- fill spiritual holes with physical stuff. Alcohol, sex, money, cars, power, etc. We try to fill these spiritual gaps that we have in our lives with physical stuff. If I just had that job, I would be all right. Or if I just had that relationship, I would be okay. No. What you really need is God. Because we see that when you chase those things, it only lasts for so long. It's temporary. And after all the thrill is gone, you're left empty. So you can, be, you can get into the habit of, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get that. And you see that people with all those things are still committing suicide, have depression, anxiety, and they have the whole world, or what what looks like to be the whole world. I remember having, um, I'm not going to tell you which cousin, but I had a family member um, who, when I was younger, I looked up to his lifestyle, and I seen that, man, he has it going on. Has the house, the car, the job, the women, and, and, Man, that's what I, I, want, I want a lifestyle like that. And I sat down with him, and he began to tell me that, man, you know, I, I, got, I, I, I need to settle down. You know, I have all these different women, and, you know, it's, it's nice, but I still feel lonely. And I'm like, what? <laughs> man, you got all these women, and you still lonely? He's like, yeah, man, I like her conversation, but... I don't like, you know, and, and I like her attitude, but, and I see, wow, the love for the world really leaves you empty. All that really means nothing. Loving God is what's really important. Uh, verse 17, uh, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. The world and its desires pass away. Nobody buys stock in a company that they know is going bankrupt. I mean, I hope you don't, or I hope they don't. If you knew a bank, was go, a bank was going bankrupt, you would not deposit money in that bank. So it's the same thing with the world. Why deposit love, energy, sweat, tears into a world that's passing away? You will get no return. It 
And it's amazing. We see that, you know, I've talked to many people, and they all share with me that, you know, at the end of the day, the world cares nothing for you. Um, I know dealing with my job, I, I kept putting my job first and job first, job first. And then I realized that if I keep going at this rate, I'm not going to be here anymore, and somebody else is going to come and take my, my, my position, and life will go on. There will be no return on my investment. All the bad attitudes that I had to deal with with all the children I work with, nothing, no return. The best thing to do is God's will, which will deliver us from the passing things. I want to make sure that we also remember, this is very important, very important. In dealing with First John, because I remember, as we look into the text, we see that, man, I, I, if, if, I, if I don't do this, then I don't love God. If I don't follow the commands, then I, I, I'm not a Christian. And our sin breaks fellowship, but not relationship. I remember we had the conversation at the couple's Bible study about if, you, if your parent tells, gives you money to go to a store and buy something, if you don't do what they tell you with the money, does that mean that you don't love your parents? The answer is no. You may be disobedient, bad, deserve a whooping, but you, they still love you. That's the, the, your mom and dad is still your mom and dad. So when we act a fool, act crazy, turn our back on God, get an attitude, pout, I don't want to do that. You know, I love you, God, but I, oh, I don't love that part. You told me to go where? You told me to do what? Say what? I don't, I don't love that part. It doesn't, it, it just, it breaks the fellowship, but not the relationship. He still loves you. He still is, is, is waiting for you to get it, just like a parent. You know, I just, I, I, I know that you're hard-headed. One day you will get it. Now he will sometimes speed up that process by putting, uh, allowing some things to happen to where you're like, you know what, I don't need no more, no more pain, no more suffering. I got it, Lord. I'm going to do what you ask. I'm going to get it together. Um, lastly, let's just look at the message version. Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, wanting to appear important, because you're not, just to make sure, because I I think we need to realize that our our crisis, our identity is hidden in Christ, and sometimes we get caught, I want to look important, I want to be, I want to be this, I want to be that. You're not important. It's not about you. (laughs) It has nothing to do with the Father. It only isolates you from Him. The world and all its wanting and wanting and wanting is on its way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. So you doing God's will sets you up for eternity. Now you can cash that. You'll get a return. When you do things for God, when you do it His way, guaranteed return. Now, 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 remember, I don't, I'm not telling you when that return, when you will get that return. Because I know, I know how you're looking. Yeah, I'm going to get my blessing tomorrow. It's coming. I, I didn't say that. And I, the reason I was reminded of that, because tonight I'm speaking on God's timing. And a lot of times we get, uh, Lord said he's going to do this, and, but he didn't say when. He said he's going to do it, right, right. but he didn't say when. And so we have to remember that when we do, what, do God's will, we're set up good I- I- eternally for life. Not from just in this life, but the life to come. So, in conclusion, if you love the world, you don't love God. If you love the world, 
you will pass away with it. If you love God and do his will, you will abide forever. And lastly, what is, in your, what is your cup full of? What is your cup full of? Besides that coffee, what is your cup full of? You need to ask that question. You have to ask yourself that question. Is my, is my cup full of God or is it full of the world? Is my cup full of God or is it full of the world? Amen. God bless you.